listening to Astro Detectives, where longtime friends Scott and Sarah try to debunk or prove the ancient phenomenon of astrology. I'm Sarah Hartshorn, the astrologer. And I'm Scott Randall, the skeptic. Each episode, I'll give Sarah two birth charts, one belonging to our guest and one that I made up. She'll use astrology to try to match the right chart to our guest. A birth chart is a snapshot of the sky when a person is born. It reveals an incredible amount of information about a person. Enough to match a person to the right chart? We'll see. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Astro Detectives episode. We're very sorry you must have missed us the last week, but now we've got a new episode and a new guest. Episode 15. Sarah, how are you feeling about the two charts you've seen? Are you excited? I mean, I'm always excited. And... Are you confident? <laughs> <laughs> I have been decreasingly confident as the show has gone on. So, no, I'm not confident. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have spent a long-ass time going over these two charts. Charts, charts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, this was a particularly challenging one just because this is a person that, you know, I knew the sun sign. So you were, ha you had to give me someone that you had to give me two charts with the same sun sign. So that always makes it challenging. And listeners may remember two episodes back, our guest was Jeff. And Jeff was mentioning his partner, wife, Cheryl, and he mentioned her son sign. So we, but, but just by that interview, we know a little bit about Cheryl, or at least we know a lot about her marriage partner. That's so, true. And I did go back and listen to what he said about Cheryl. And he, a couple of things that he said is that she had um, kind of a, came from like kind of a difficult childhood, which she also kind of referenced on her survey. Um, and yeah, that was, that was the main thing that stuck out to me. Um, and then just knowing him and seeing his chart, that was kind of a, that was helpful because then I can go look at the seventh house of these two charts and see, you know, the seventh house describes the marriage partner. So um, now that I kind of know Jeff, I was trying to see if I could see him in one of these charts. This is rare because you usually, this may be the first time you know the guest going into it, who they are. True. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to be interesting. I mean, you don't, I mean, you know about them a little bit. You've never met Cheryl. You may have met Cheryl, but I don't think um, it's at the top of your mind. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just an unusual circumstance this time, and I just happened to know who it was. And so, um, but I still spent a long time going over all of this information to try to, I, I guess, um, you know, it can be challenging when you have two sun signs because it's not just going to be the sun sign in common, uh, because some of the planets like Mercury. Um, stay pretty close to the sun. So because this person has a Taurus sun, they also have a Taurus Mercury in both charts. Um, 
Now, Mars and Venus did happen to change signs between the two charts, but if you look at the charts, we've got a Gemini rising and a Cancer rising, and Cancer comes right after Gemini. So it's almost like the this chart just turned one notch, and so... Uh, you know, these two charts are about three weeks apart. And in that time, Venus moved into the sign of cancer. So what I'm saying is I've got Venus in the first house in both the charts because the first one was Venus in Gemini. And then a few weeks later, we got Venus moving into cancer and the chart changed uh, the time a little bit. And so that put Venus in cancer in the first house. So, you know, that's another interesting similarity now that venus is going to express maybe a little bit differently but it's going to probably be charming nonetheless charming all right that's <laughs> something they have in common yeah when somebody has venus in their first house or any planet in the first house that is, that the energy of that planet is going to show up in their personality very strongly um, and so Venus is, you know, people who have Venus in the first house can be very, um, very aesthetic focused. They can be, they can be physically very attractive. They can be very, um, charming, very likable. They could be good at like schmoozing, um, you know, all those kind of Venus, um, traits. All right. And you guys at home, you can download these charts if you click on the episode. It's in the show notes um, or on our website, astrodetectivespod.com. Um, Sarah, you've broken these charts into two categories. What are these categories and maybe what are the differences? Sure. Um, okay, well, uh, because, you know, I was dealing with two sun signs that, you know, the same sun sign and a lot of things in common. Um, I kind of just, <laughs> the names I came up with for these two characters, I basically just looked up a celebrity that had the same, that was a Taurus with the same rising sign. So we have Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher. <laughs> and, and what are their, I, I'm not familiar with either charts, rising sign or sun sign. So can you just say what there's what their two are, and maybe people at home can enjoy knowing this. Well, I think that that will reveal. As long as uh, I don't look, I honestly don't know which one is Cheryl's. Well, you don't have to. All right, fine. Yeah, I, I think we'll we'll to keep it a fair double blind. We'll we'll just. All right, all right, yeah. that's true. I could have memorized Cheryl, Cheryl's rising sign. <laughs> um, um, but but yeah, so the. The differences between, and I have no idea if this is actually anything to do with like Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher, but, um, but this I is was, their sun sign and rising sign, yeah, which is large, large part of your personality. Gonna, yeah. It's going to be somewhat, uh, comparable, but, uh, I was just, just telling you, I'm just having fun with it. So anyway, the Michelle Pfeiffer character is going to be someone who may be actually very good at being social, but it doesn't mean they're actually enjoying it. Um, they're probably going to need a lot of alone time and um, 
they might have more like one-on-one friendships rather than being part of a larger social group. Um, whereas the share character is going to thrive in a social group. They need that social group to feel happy and successful and satisfied in life. Um, so that is, I think, a big key difference between these two charts. Another difference is, um, you know, the position of the son tells you a lot about the father. And so, um, you know, Cher's father, I would guess, is someone who could have been very admired and very also involved with like social groups or clubs and organizations. Whereas Michelle Pfeiffer's father may have been someone who wasn't around much or maybe was absent or passed away or just there was an estrangement with that relationship. And then the final difference that I kind of noted was um, how they take action. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is uh, someone who would crave a lot of newness and would love to start you know, like, oh, I can't wait to start this new project, but then they might have a hard time completing it because they just love, love, love starting things. Um, But like seeing them through is a little bit more challenging for them. Um, Whereas Cher is someone who would be... (laughs) Yeah, I I have that in my chart? You have... All right. Something like that. All yeah. Right. yeah. I, I know that about you. Um, now, Cher is someone who is going to be a little bit slower to take initiative um, or you're going to have to, she's going to have to have a practical reason. Like, why am I going to do this? Why am I going to get up out of this chair? But once she doesn't commits to it, she will finish through it with what she started and has that endurance to keep going and finish. So. Um, Amen. i'm that way with with working out and i'm that way with certain other items it is interesting like if i make a commitment to myself that i'm going to do something i will hold that commitment but Mm -hmm. but the other way too you know like i could start a million projects and be like let me see which one's going to be fun in a couple weeks or um, that i'm still going to be excited about yeah yeah for sure i have to have like a yeah, I, I I do have a hard time sticking to things sometimes unless I have a real emotional attachment to it, like astrology, <laughs> then I can just go on forever and ever. Um, but if we're talking about exercise, I will go through periods where I'm very good at it for a little while. And then I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have two very exciting characters here, Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher. Though they are real people, these don't necessarily describe them to a T, but they do describe, one of them does describe our guest to a T. How did that phrase come about, to a T? Just angles, corners, like it comes up there specifically where the top of the T meets the bottom. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that sounds right. To a T. Right in if we're wrong. And um, we're going to find out which one of these charts matches our guest. Uh, right after, unless you have anything else to add, Sarah. 
just that you can go to our Patreon if you'd like to support the show. Just search Astro Detectives. Right after this commercial break. And we're back, ready for our guests to enter the show. They've been in the waiting room, and now either Michelle Pfeiffer or Cher will come in. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be exciting? I know. (laughs) One of these days, Sarah, when our podcast gets big enough. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Cheryl. This is Scott. I'm here with my friend Sarah, the astrologer. You are our esteemed guest, and we are looking at a oh. blank white canvas of some. Oh, kind. I know why. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I put a little sticky note over my camera sometimes too, thinking you never know, you never well, know who, uh... who has access. Yeah, well, I watched um, Black Mirror a couple episodes, and I'm like, ooh, that's kind of creepy. Oh yes, we could have a whole Black Mirror side podcast but i watched the first episode and that was pretty creepy sarah yeah. did you see that i have not yet oh but... there's a new season out hello cheryl it's so nice to meet you hello very nice to meet you <laughs> um so... i hear that you're a taurus <laughs> yeah yeah i think it was leaked but yes i am <laughs> it was leaked yeah <laughs> <laughs> So knowing that, Sarah wants to start by kind of going over some Taurus qualities, um, and so it doesn't spoil anything. And you can just sit back and enjoy knowing that these describe your fellow sun sign Taurus holders. But then there's a lot of other differences, obviously, in your chart. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I wanted to mention this earlier, but uh, just to give the audience an idea of... Uh, Taurus energy, since both of these charts are a Taurus sun. Uh, Taurus is associated with being um, a sign. Um, The archetype is really associated with indulging the five senses um, because it's really meant to be part of this material world and enjoy the material world as far as like beautiful scents and textures and sounds, beautiful music, beautiful art, um, all of those things, beautiful, you know, delicious food. So, um, Taurus loves to stimulate their senses. Um, they are a very good match for a Scorpio (laughs) because Taurus is associated with sensuality. Um, and they tend to be very consistent and usually a little cautious. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of Taurus in a nutshell. And both of these charts have more than just the sun in Taurus. So I wonder, do you, do you know any, or I mean, how much do you know about astrology? Do you relate to your sun sign? Uh, I, I don't know a lot about it. It's just, you know, kind of like what we grew up with. Say, oh, you're a Taurus, you're born in this month, and you're stubborn, and you this, or you that, or you... In the paper way back when we'd read the astrology to see if it matched the week. And then a lot of the characteristics do match my personality. I'm a giver, giver, giver until I don't give anymore. And then it's, uh, yeah, so a lot of it is um, pretty accurate. Okay, cool. I feel. Yeah. Cool. And now we're going to distinguish between 
the two Taurus charts and try and find some differences. And you kind of alluded to some of the things you related to reading the Taurus charts in the paper, but can you talk a little bit about just overall your character and uh, how you would describe yourself? Keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's character, curious, talkative, intellectual, witty, appears social, but prefers solitude, prone to misunderstandings and miscommunications. Keywords for Cher's character, nurturing, empathetic, caretaking, family-oriented, moody, drawn into crisis situations, appears shy and withdrawn, but happiness depends on group connections and social circles. Okay, let's see. I am pretty meticulous with liking things to be the right way, but I'm flexible if they're not. I get along with everybody. Um, you get about two, three chances of uh, friend or foe, and then it's like, oh, okay, I don't care if I ever talk to you again that that way. I'm pretty stubborn in the fact that once I've made my mind up, it's hard to change it, but I am pretty accommodating. I'm very accommodating to everybody. Um yeah, just pretty easygoing, I think. But I am uh, driven. I don't sit down. I like things to be done. I don't expect other people to do these things. But whatever it is, I like to start it. I don't halfway do anything. Um, yeah. All right. Sarah, is that some good stuff to work with? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love these, especially when it's people that I know, because you normally <laughs> don't get to have these conversations with family members or friends and no. have them just, hey, how would you describe yourself? You know, like <laughs> I would agree with I would agree with what you say, what you're saying, but it's interesting to see how you describe it and what comes up first. Yes, definitely a giver, not a taker. Yeah, I can't I can't think of when Cheryl has taken something from me. No. No, th no thieving in this family. <laughs> um, how about emotions? Um, what kind of words come to mind in regards to handling emotions? Uh, is that generally the topic, Sarah? I think this is a new one. Yeah, for this. I, I, yeah my question is more um, when you're feeling a lot of intense emotions, like you're really upset or you're really sad, um, how do you... Display, I mean, do you just dis just display it or do you hold it in or how does that land with you? Keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's emotions. Uncomfortable with vulnerability and big emotional displays. Feels comfortable when achieving big career goals. Keywords for shares emotions. Powerful emotions. May be prone to anxiety. Feels comfortable when things are organized and clean. Okay, I think um, I think it's kind of confusing maybe to some because when I'm really mad, like really mad, because it's like, okay, that is it, I cry. And it's because I'm so mad, I don't know what to do with that because normally I'm very passive and it goes straight from talking like this to 
okay, I've had it. You know, it's like, that is it. That's the last straw. And then I cry. And then some people may confuse that with maybe weakness or, but it's not just because I'm meek. Don't confuse it with weak. I, um, I think my emotions when I'm sad and when I'm angry can basically be pretty similar and okay. people who don't understand that may think, oh my gosh, he's so sensitive. Mm, okay. So um, you feel like people have pegged you as being sensitive. Um, do you, so if, if something makes you sad, I mean, mm. are you um, easily moved to tears or do you feel this un, this impulse to try and hide it? Oh, okay. Well, I don't cry very often. That That is the thing. I don't cry very often, but when I do cry, if I'm sad, like really sad, now I, my sadness and my happiness, like I can cry if I see something that is just so endearing that, that is so beautiful. I, I cry. I got, I do have high emotions when it comes to something very sweet and endearing or something like music that I hear could be a trigger for, oh, that is just beautiful. And the tears will come. Um, but I don't cry very often. I don't get mad very often, but when I do, it can be confused. Um, I'm not sure if that answered your question. I don't just cry immediately. I kind of process it all and it just gets like these emotions kind of bubble up and it's either one or two things. I'm either going to be um, like just immediately cry because it's just beautiful, but it takes me a long time to get mad to cry. Okay. Do you ever have any shame or embarrassment about crying in front of others? No, not really because I do know it takes me a long time to get there. And they probably realized that it's not just a normal mad. It's more like, or normal sad, because really I'm very strong. I'm a very strong person. And I, I, um, I don't cry often, but whoever sees me crying, no, I'm not embarrassed. In fact, if they mention like, if it's because I'm mad, why are you crying? It, it makes me madder. And then I want to just, you know, maybe explode a little bit, but uh, <laughs> well, that's crying, it's ugly. It's not pretty. <laughs> well, it sounds like there's tears of joy and tears of anger, not as many tears of sadness, which is interesting, which is why, you know, probably the majority of people crying or, or, well, I love those tears of joy too. When you get hear a really emotional piece of music, but anyway, yeah. I, knowing I, where the tears are coming from. I guess, okay, I'm still trying to hone in on this. So my last follow-up question on this, and then we can move on, is how do you feel about talking about your feelings? Like, is that easy for you to do, or do you, is it hard? No, not really. It's a little hard. Okay. Yeah. Well, then we applaud you for coming on. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it opens up vulnerability, right? Okay. That's what I was trying to get at vulnerability to like, um, my motto, because I've been, well, I've been married a long time, but on my own a long time. So my motto was to never let them see a sweat. And it's still that, like, 
never let them see a sweat. I may cry. And if they're my true friends, if they're friends, I don't really care. But if they're foes, they probably will never know. (laughs) You know what I mean? If they're not really close, then they'll probably never know. I may go somewhere and have a good little cry and then come back out and say, okay, do not let them see you sweat. Mm. Okay. And, and you don't seem this way, but have you, do you ever suffer from like anxiety? Yeah, I do. do. Only because I have a 15 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, outside of that, just in general, are you someone that is a very anxious person? No. Okay. All right. Gotcha. No, no, not typically, but if I, uh, yeah, I think I, I do have anxiety having a teenager. Okay. okay. <laughs> At almost 60. Okay. Yeah. The doctor says, what's the cause of your anxiety? And you're like, him. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy. Those two people. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, it's fun for listeners having Jeff two weeks ago to compare and contrast <laughs> Um, <laughs> and we'll get to, to marriage partner in the, in the future here, but, um, right now looking, turning our attention to work, what are some words that come to mind in describing your feelings about work or your work past or currently? Um, yeah, okay. that's that question. Keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's work prefers altruistic work and working behind the scenes, self-sacrificing for a greater cause. Keywords for Cher's work. Wants to have autonomy and be a pioneer. Feelings that come to mind about work. Well, I I don't know, really. I now feel like my work that I do, because I work in an elementary school now, is just I love going. And if I can just help one child, then that's all the reward I need. Um, Initially, way back when, maybe I was 20, I don't know, I think so, <clears throat> when I started to work at Baylor College of Medicine and in procurement, I, I I was driven because I'm like, this is my one shot. I am going to make it to the top. I will not step on people's, I won't step on people to get to that 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 comfortable place that I feel is comfortable, but any opportunity to learn something different was like, like, uh, I don't know, brain food. And then I realized a long time ago, very, very long time ago, it's kind of like, if you help me, I help you. And so the more people, which I'm naturally do help people. Um, but I realized the people that needed the help the most, that didn't get the most recognition, those were the people I needed help the most, um, if that makes sense, like maybe on the receiving dock or maybe an accounts payable or maybe the cafeteria lady or, you know, and I'm still like that, the underdog, I am there like really close with the underdog and... Um, it just uh, bonds people together and makes work a lot more fun. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say you're good at noticing if somebody needs something, and then and more so, I think, than the average person. Yes. And that, from what you're saying, that's what I'm deducing from it. Also, um, 
All right, moving on to money and possessions. This is like uh, (laughs) earning it, spending it, feelings about it. Um, And your actual possessions. Yeah, we need an itemized, detailed list. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. Yeah, what do you you mean? I mean more like, um, how do you relate to your things? Are you someone, what kind of things do you like to buy? Are you a collector or no? Keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's money and possessions. Sentimental and emotional attachment to possessions may be overly concerned with financial security. Responsible and careful with other people's money and possessions. Keywords for shares money and possessions. Takes pride in possessions, drawn to luxury items. Averse to taking on debt, doesn't want to owe anyone anything. I like to buy clothes. I do. Um, I was raised with three brothers, and my mother had no fashion sense. So I always told myself, well, when I made my own money... I will buy girl clothes because I had the hand-me-downs from the boys, which was not not good. But um, I do like to buy clothes. However, um, I'm not, and I I could be or could have done um, name brands, Louis Vuitton, you know, all the Gucci, whatever. No, I'm not that kind of person I do like nice things but I don't want to spend that money on on that I would prefer to spend it on um my children or um someone that needs help I like to put some away so I don't ever like to uh just overindulge yeah but I do like to to shop and okay, uh and I, oh go ahead sorry sir i was just gonna ask um how are you at letting go of things do you get attached to like sentimental things oh i do i do okay so we've traveled the world scott knows and of course i do not need one more thing i i do not but we would go to turkey and we would be in the and the soup, the markets, and I'd be like, oh, look at this. Oh, I can't live without this. I must have this. And pack it up, bring it home. Uh, we moved back to the States three years ago, and I have things that are just um, reminders of our travels. But then I have things from before we were overseas for nine years. So I am still getting rid of those things. Um, so, yes, I do like to hold on to things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, would, you say, would you say that, um, do you like to collect things? Is it, do you feel like you have a lot of things that, um, and maybe sometimes it's hard to get rid of stuff because, and it's, has that ever been a problem? No, not really. Um, okay. I'm not a hoarder. I don't like clutter, okay. but I'm very eclectic. So if you were to come to my house, maybe nothing matches, but it has a good feel, a good vibe, a good home, homey, I guess. Like you feel at home when you come in, 
Um, but no, not, not really. It's just a matter of a balance of taking the time to go through it and go through what is left to leave and it needs to leave. Um, but no, not, not really. I just think, I guess this is the thing. Wow. I might need that. And if I get rid of it, then I might have to go buy another one. But I like this one. I don't want another one because I'm very picky about if I see something I like, nothing will take its place. Nothing. Not a replica, not a duplicate, not a different color. It's got to be that one. That's a, a very Taurus theme <laughs> if, if it ain't broke don't fix it and i fix it and i might need this and you know they like to invest in things that will last and are practical yeah. <laughs> <laughs> practical is a good word i feel like one of the common uh comments on a show like quarters though is i might need this later so i'm gonna <laughs> hang on to it I knew when I said that, but it, well, okay. Well, if I'm a hoarder, then I'm a very organized hoarder. Okay. <laughs> right. You know that you won't need this thing ever again. And so you're ever. fine letting it go. Yeah. yeah. I do find that um, furniture is one of those things, which may be hard for me to describe. I'll just say it like I feel it is that um, if Scott was to come in our house right now, he would see I'm sitting in the the lake house swivel chairs, you know, those guys, remember mm-hmm. those? <laughs> yeah. Um, which I don't know. They had the lake house back in the seventies. Um, I have my mother-in-law's furniture still. I love it. It seems to have a sense of, uh, I don't know, like she's still here or, it's very difficult to explain, but I feel very attached to furniture that belonged to another place that was um, had beautiful memories associated with it. Makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, a lot of my furniture is um, belonged to other people that I loved dearly. And then a lot of it came from Abu Dhabi. So, yes, those things I'll never give away. <laughs> well and just to finish this section um how are you taking on debt have you ever took on debt um Uh, i really haven't taken on debt okay um i don't know how i would handle it because then i would feel even when i didn't make a lot of money early on being single i would probably have $50 left to my next paycheck. Um, and that was for gas and food after I paid my bills. And I would just make sure that I never spent it all. I just got the necessities and no, I've never really been in debt. I've always paid my bills and tried to keep on top of it. And now, you know, Jeff pays the bills. So I haven't had to do that in a long time. Mm-hmm. But it does worry me, you know, if I think like, oh my goodness, um, if I let my mind go that way with the stock market, the way it is, or the uncertainties about um, 
the future with the economy, a recession and all of this, you can't help but think, do we have enough to last until, um, until the end? So yeah, sometimes every once in a while, I'll have a bit of anxiety towards that. Um, Has that been a feeling you've carried your whole life, worried about having enough money, even if you did have enough money? I think so. Okay. But but having enough money would be just to be living um, non-extravagant, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like, yeah, because I've been on my own for a long time. And so what what would you do is what I would think is like, what would I do if if I lost my job or if I couldn't pay my car note and get to work or I just made sure that um, being very diligent on uh, being a good employee so I could keep a job and being very prompt and being over. Um, if they ask this much from you, you do double that amount. Um, just make sure your bills are paid on time. Keep a calendar. Don't let things, uh, don't procrastinate because that, and don't put 2% in because you get 2% out. So no, for a brief moment, yes, it does make me nervous, but then I always think, well, if it happened, I'm sure I could do a plan B and then I'll do a plan C if that doesn't work. And if that doesn't work, I'm do a plan D and I don't care how long it takes. I, I won't fail. And if I run out of letters, there's going to be something after Z. I'm calling Scott. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you. I can tell you've given it a lot of thought. (laughs) Well, see, to me, I feel like on the topic of anxiety, I worry, how many steps am I from living uh, without a home and and having the next meal? You know, you want to put as many steps as possible between you and that situation. Yeah. (laughs) And there's just always, I'll have it in the back of my mind. Okay. Okay. How many... I can, you know, I've got this big of a barrier between that. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I I am someone who actually has struggled with being financially responsible. I am much better now, but I have never worried about um, that. I've just always thought eh, everything is going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, some people maybe, do that. And that may just be a little delusional, but I just always think, okay, like worst case scenario, I've got to degree I can you know I, I've worked at Starbucks before I could do that you know like I have options you know like if it comes to it so maybe that's probably why I have um mishandled uh my finances in the past is that kind of easygoing rose-colored glasses attitude <laughs> well maybe sometimes that's better right yeah yeah mine comes from uh in the coffee world, having a humbling experience of uh, working at a coffee bean where I realized, oh. hey, this entry level, you know, minimum wage job, I was going to come in as a manager, but still you have to learn how to make all the drinks. And I was thinking, this is difficult and complicated. And when a lot of people <laughs> come in and want all of their frappuccinos and half oat milk and all of this stuff, this can be really stressful. I don't know if I can do this. Uh-oh. Well, if I can't do like this job that apparently is, you know, an entry-level job that you can always fall back on. If I can't even fall back on that, oh boy, you better have some backup income ready, Scott, because you're not going to have a barista as your backup. Yeah. Yes. That's probably <laughs> okay. true. Moving on before I get too 
worried about my financial future. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> um, well, we've we've been waiting for this part, Cheryl. This is marriage and romantic partnerships. You get to talk about Jeff now. Um, he got to have his say two episodes ago. Um, what kind of a person um, are you drawn to? And what are just some characteristics that you think of in terms of marriage and romantic partnerships? What are things that are important? Oh my gosh, that's, that's this is a hard thing. one. Well, you could even just start off telling us how you met him and what drew you to him. Keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's marriage and romantic partnerships needs freedom and autonomy in a relationship, drawn to partners who are well-traveled or well-read, wise, idealistic, and adventurous. Keywords for shares marriage and romantic partnerships, needs stability and structure in a relationship, drawn to partners who are traditional, disciplined, patient, reserved, and value logic and pragmatism. Well, um, I met him... My girlfriend, well, I was dating the chief of pediatric audiology at Texas Children's Hospital, and he was in Istanbul giving a speech. And we all, all my girlfriends and guy friends, we worked in the Texas Medical Center, so we all just kind of hung out. We're all single, but like closer in our third, well, we were in our 30s. I was maybe 31 or two. Or three. <laughs> anyway, um, one of my girlfriends finally got her degree. So she said, let's go out tonight and celebrate because um, her husband was somewhere and I don't know. So the three of us girls went out to something called the L House. And it was just walking distance from my apartment. And so we went and then this big and ordered shepherd's pie and a beer, which is a typical pub. And, and we all had professional positions in hospitals and ran with really good crowds. But this big crowd came in to the old house and they were loud and obnoxious. And the guy, a guy came up to us and said, oh, you have to meet my friend. It's his birthday. Well, the friend came up and introduced himself. It was Jeff. And I don't know what happened. He talked to me for about 20 minutes. His group of people got kicked out. They were all celebrating his birthday in a limo and they were bar hopping. And um, he said, you have to give me your number. And I'm like, no, I am not doing that. And so his friends are like, come on, he's moving to Maryland. And so, um, he did move to Maryland. I did give him my number and I thought, oh, I'll never hear from him again. And it's, it's okay. Um, but he kept calling from Maryland. His family lived in the woodlands, which was about an hour away from where I live, but he kept calling and saying, oh, I'm going to be in town. Would you like to go have dinner? And this went on for, I don't know, every holiday that he was in. Anyway, he was just a lot of fun. He liked to travel, and he was just very, um, um, I don't know how to explain it. So ultimately, I had to pick one or the other, and I chose Jeff, and we had a long-distance relationship for about 18 months, maybe, I think. 
Anyway, my dates and times are a little fuzzy. So that's how I met him. And now we're married. 25 years. Nice. This month. Are you um, someone that needs a lot of freedom and autonomy in a relationship? Well, I do have freedom and autonomy, so I'm really not sure I need it. But with this relationship, I could be gone all day and not even get a phone call to say, where are you? Um, If that's what you mean, like freedom to just. Yeah, I know. I was, I guess that's um, maybe you've never questioned it because maybe that's what you're used to. I was trying to think if that's something that you're aware that you actually need in a relationship. Um, Freedom. Is that, uh-huh. yeah, no, I don't necessarily need freedom. Um, I don't mind not having freedom, if that makes sense. I mean, I like freedom. I don't want anyone questioning my every move, which <laughs> he never okay. questions any of my moves. So <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that because okay. it's been 25 years. Okay. Um, you had mentioned on your survey that you had had a prior marriage. Can you, is there anything you can share about that person and what you, what drew you to him? Oh, okay. Well, we were, um, high school sweethearts. And so, um, oh, I loved him more than anything in this world. Of course he was my high school sweetheart and we got married and we were married. uh, I guess maybe I was 20. We were married seven, eight years, but he needed to grow up and I might have outgrown him because I had ambition, lots of ambition. And I started my ambition shortly after we got married and um, worked my way up in the medical center for 22 years. But he, he still wanted to party and play, hang out and play around. Even though he was in his early 20s, I maybe outgrew him. But um, what drew me to him was that he was funny and he was just gorgeous and just very, um, I don't know, maybe accommodating and, um, but very strong as well. I think he was a Libra. I'm not sure, but anyway, that I was divorced maybe eight years before I'm married again. I have to do the math. Okay, great. And then during that time, you know, I never lived with anyone. No one lived with me. I had my own place. They um, they went home. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that, that was helpful. Thank you. All right. Is one of the personalities coming into focus, Sarah? Out of the two charts that I've given Sarah, sometimes she has a favorite halfway through. I do. And it's the one I started before we got on this, you know, um, episode. I, when I was doing my research, it was kind of the one that I, I'm still sticking with the same one. Okay. A lot of times you flip flop and then you regret it. I know. Well, and then sometimes the opposite is true. I get so stuck on one that I'm refusing to look at the other. (laughs) All right. Well, keep looking at them both and moving on to family. Um, Some words that would describe your mom. Keywords from Michelle Pfeiffer's mother. Reserved, 
disciplined, may have worked a lot. Keywords for Cher's mother. Orderly, health-conscious, anxious, intense person. Oh, nice one, Scott. Um, <laughs> We're moving um, on to father after this, so you can okay, prepare okay. accordingly. We can, we can do that. We can do that. Okay, so yeah. words that would describe my mom. Um, uh, dependent. Um, on other people. Dependent. In that aspect, um, maybe a little weak. Um, maybe poor choices. Mm-hmm. Um, How about personality-wise? Oh, maybe a little self-centered. Maybe um, needing people, like really needing them. For, for all aspects, monetary, um, yeah. Um, yeah, those are a few words. Okay. Is that you good, Sarah? Yeah, I, I don't want to push it, so yeah. whatever um, you're willing to share. <laughs> uh, well, same, que- same question for father. Keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's father may have been absent or passed away. Keywords for Cher's father, admired father, social and involved in clubs and organizations. Okay, so my mom um, married my father. My mom had children very early, I think, maybe not in her time standards, but in my time standards. Um, She had children, I think, 19, 20, 21, like this three of us. Um, and then he was quite a bit older. I don't know anything about him really, except for what I've been told. Um, when my brother was two weeks old, he left. And so my mom was left with, which could be part of the problem why I described her and, and different and not such a positive light but when he went my brother was two weeks old he left and then I don't think we ever saw him again and then she married someone else a stepfather um who we thought was our dad and then I don't know how I think he was maybe 10 years older than her and the other one might have been 15, the first my real dad might have been 15 years older and then that lasted for a little bit. And when I was about eight years old, she met my stepfather, who I would consider um, not a nice person. And she continued to be with him, which I never really called him. I had to call him dad, but I never considered him my dad. So um, she continued to be with him for 25 years or or more, I think. Okay. Can I just ask a question about your mom? You can just say yes or no. Um, Did she ever ever do things that were illegal or morally wrong? Yes. Okay. All right. 
Well, I guess we kind of alluded to it, but overall childhood experience to wrap up this section, um, just some <laughs> words that come to mind to describe. It doesn't have to necessarily be about parents, but just... Huh? Yeah, you can talk about your siblings or just your how okay. you how you uh, adapted to everything. Key words from Michelle Pfeiffer's childhood experience. Instability, resilience, intensity, surrender sudden changes had to be adaptable, changeable, and studious. Keywords for Cher's childhood experience. Home and family-oriented. Fairness. Humbleness. Peace-oriented. Okay. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, I have an older brother. He's two years older. He was always like um, the protector, right? And then you had me who had to take care of everybody. And then you had one, my brother, who's no longer with us, that's a, was a, is a year younger than I am, or was a year younger. And he was all, always the one who never knew when to stop. Yeah. So he would like ultimately end up getting everybody in trouble because he wouldn't stop what he was doing. He didn't have that filter of like, oh, I think we've gone too far. Maybe if we're playing in the mud, we weren't supposed to. We were supposed to be going to church and getting ready to leave and he'd keep splashing in the mud. But um, so my childhood, a lot of it, I have really just blocked out. Um, and then my mom and the, my stepdad did have a son 11 years younger than I am, who's also no longer with us. Um, and I was his mother. So when he was born and I was 11, then I became the mother of the younger brother. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of assumed a parental role in that relationship? Yeah, somebody had uh, to. Uh -huh. And at what age was that? Well, I was 11. I'm 11 years older than him, but he's no longer with us. So um, I was 11. Okay. So I'd get up, make the bottles, feed the baby, hold the baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one of these two charts to me has uh, <laughs> that. It definitely points in that direction. I was looking at the differences between the two characters that Sarah's drawn between the two birth charts. And uh, one of the starkest is on childhood experience, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm... Uh -oh, I, she's flip-flopping now. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do my... What, what do you call it? Where you... Devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. So uh, for that question there was something that was sticking out to me about the other chart, but I, when I, I have to remember, I have to look at the total, the totality or the, you know, holistically everything that you have said so far, what you provided on the survey, all the transits, uh, dates you provided me. And I feel like at this point, I'm more working just to make sure the chart I'm going with is continuing to hold up. <laughs> but, All right. Yeah. Well, and we only have one more category left and that is oh. friends. Um, oh, what yeah. types of friends are you drawn to and what is your relationship to them? Like keywords for Michelle Pfeiffer's friend group, alpha pack leader, but not particularly in need of a social group might rather be alone doing own thing. 
keyword for shares friends, gravitates towards being in a social group, needs social group to feel satisfied and supported. Okay, so I used to just have guy friends and just a couple girlfriends, right? And some of the girlfriends, um, um, you know, had to be real, no fake, no fake girlfriends. Um, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you can get some real drama queens in your life, and then it's it's a struggle because you want real people in your life. So. I've had a, been lucky enough to have some really close friends, not too many. Um, I currently, since we moved back, have met maybe some very humble, fun people who are, you know, like non-judgmental. They're not gossipy. I just do not like gossip. I do not like judgment, not, not judgment towards me. I mean, you can think about you can think about me, whatever you want to. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Um, but when you're judging other people and maybe where they've come from or their background or why they act this way, or because you never really know what has gone on in somebody's life. So I kind of rule out being around judgmental people, negative people. Um, I really can't be around negative people, really bothers me that people, um, negative people in a way that they think that maybe they're a little bit superior or, um, I don't know, just, 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 just have a a lot of opinions to give about other people. I like people who just want to go out and enjoy life, maybe some nature, you have things in common, maybe you like bird watching, or maybe you like to hear about their travel adventures, or just, just, just sit and have a glass of wine and talk about the weather. I mean, it just, I don't really have high standards for, um, for needing a lot of friends. I just need a quality friends, right? I don't, it's not the, the amount of friends that you have, it's the amount of friends that are true friends. I don't know if that answered the question, but that's how it goes with friends. Okay. Yeah, it, it kind of does. Um, so you're not someone who needs a lot of like a big social group, um, a, like a circle of friends is, it sounds like you have more just one-on-one relationships versus like the girls getting together or a group of people that you need to frequent with. Yeah, that's true. You, do you need a lot of alone time? I don't need a lot of alone time. I get a lot of alone time or okay. not really so much with a 15 year old, but I'm happy being by myself. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, th- I feel like you were very thorough. You gave a lot of information and um i think that uh those are all my questions you're feeling feeling pretty good sarah i'd say better than most times um (laughs) but you know i really hate having the rug pulled out from under me so i (laughs) I always know i I always get a little what it feels when it feels too easy, then I get my suspicions go up and oh. I'm like, what am I Was not I easy? Well, I've listen, I've spent a long time looking at these two charts, looking at the transits, uh, probably more time than I needed to uh, that could maybe get me in 
analysis paralysis, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So when will I know the answer? Will I know the well, answer? You're about to find out in a few minutes. Oh, yeah. nice. Well, we want to start by mentioning the two characters oh, that, yeah. that Sarah has broken these into, but are we going to do that after the commercial break, Sarah? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and be back with that. Okay, when we're back, and Sarah has uh, been looking over these charts for an, an extra 15 seconds, I would say, and she's got her mind made up. Um, but first, let's talk about the two personalities that you drew up um, regarding these two birth charts you looked at. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I always we always give them a name, and usually the name is comes from the analysis and you know at a character that's emerging but since both charts have a Taurus sun i felt like that was going to be harder to do so i just looked up what celebrities are tauruses with you know a rising sign that matches that chart <laughs> um and so the two personalities that I came up with are Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, right off the bat, are you? Do you feel especially close to either one of those, or some sort of affinity or connection with either one? Well, um, no, not really. I mean, I know who they are. I've seen Michelle Pfeiffer's. Um, movies um and of course Cher we all followed her through her career um but no I guess if I you know knew their personalities I didn't know they were Taurus um and what you see on tv is not necessarily um the real person right mm -hmm. yeah well, what that's is true what are some of the uh, personality traits from those two characters you were deciding between, Sarah? And what made your decision easier or harder? Um, let's see. Um, well, I think when she was talking about the relationship or just the circumstances around her parents, particularly her father, I felt like that stood out to me as a stark difference between the two charts. One chart matched up more with what you were saying and the other, if it does match, I've got to study that more and better understand why that is. But um, oh. yeah, so kind of everything. I mean, when you're talking about your mother, the, the key words that I wrote down weren't necessarily what you said, just because uh, I didn't, you know, when I'm writing this, I try to err on the side of maybe the more positive thing, yes. manifestations. I, I don't want to assume something and negative and be wrong, <laughs> you know? So I True. have to kind of think on my feet and say, okay, based on what she's telling me now, which one does that fit more closely with? And, that, and that's kind of been like a theme throughout the show is... There's so many different ways that the energy could manifest and it's really hard to predict what's like to try for me to try and be very specific is very hard. Um, so sometimes you just kind of have to hear what they say and then try and uh, see which one it fits better with. 
Well, I did leave something out that you just kind of reminded me when you alluded to going back. And I'm not sure if you've already made your decision. And if this is going to mess it up, any oh boy, <laughs> this is like a a twist or a bomb that comes Ooh. at the end. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh allowed in the podcast. Dramatic, (laughs) yes. I almost feel like we should tease it and throw in another commercial break. No, no, (laughs) no. No, It's just a just a really simple kind of analogy that, as a child, I thought, well, obviously, this stuff that's going on is not right, and I don't know what the right thing is, but whatever they're doing, I'm going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like Marilyn and the Monsters, you know, you know this show, Marilyn and the Monsters. I do, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I will just be Marilyn. And I feel like that is a common theme, but with parents and ch- children. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, well, and- I'm. I feel like some of the listeners are wondering, okay, which one between Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher had the uh, struggle in their childhood experience? Ooh. Well, and they may it have been mean, yeah. they may have been born in different years and all that kind of stuff. So that that put positions everything differently, but um just as far as the sun and rising, you know. Yeah. Um, so which which one uh, has that in their chart. And I mean, the two, the two personalities, um, you said that was a sort of a distinguishing factor yeah. and that, then, Oh, that would give away which one you're choosing, which is fine. We're not telling yeah, you yeah, whether yeah. you're, whether you're right or not. All right, Scott, <laughs> I, I'm going, I'm going with, Mich- <laughs> I'm going with Michelle Pfeiffer. That is the one that I, when looking at Jeff's chart, when looking at the transits, when looking at um, just everything that she has said, I've just consistently felt a, a more of affinity with that one. Um, you know, but so yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's mom, some of the words on that category, this is before the show, before any interview was reserved. Oh, well, see, those are a little off the mother and father descriptions. Father was may have been absent or past. But childhood experience, Michelle Pfeiffer versus Cher. Under Michelle Pfeiffer, Sarah had instability, resilience, intensity, um, you know, had to be adaptable, which it sounded like you had yes. to be. Right. So I can All see that, that pointing Sarah in that direction. Whereas under the I other under the other chart, under Cher, she had, you know, home and family oriented, fairness, humbleness, peace oriented. I don't know. Well, it didn't sound it, as peaceful. And, and here's the thing, though. I kind of had an advantage coming into this because Jeff had already said that you had a challenging childhood. He and just told you. He said it. Secret he didn't. He didn't tell us any detail or, <laughs> or why, but he said that I went back and listened, and he said you just had a difficult time growing up. So, knowing that I was had that in mind when I was writing those. So for me, I was like, I'm not, you know, I was actually looking at the other chart. Can I see challenge there in the childhood? And it was, it would be, it's either a stretch or I just don't, you know, I'm not fully seeing the full picture there. Um, the other one, it felt like more obvious, um, 
that I could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we love more. having as much detail as possible. So the yeah. fact that Sarah knew that going in was actually helpful. The only thing oh, that we, re- we that we regret knowing going in was your sun sign because that narrows <laughs> which which other chart I can send to Sarah. You know, it has to be of the same sun sign. But in the case of you know trying trying to give her as much information as possible, that's not your birth chart information. That's the it- goal. And I, just to say for future shows, I, you know, if we do, I'm okay with doing a same sun sign. I just think it would be better if they were, you know, different years if possible and different times of day, because then that really changes things up. I mean, you've got the personal planets are probably going to be in different signs. Um, and by personal planets, I mean, the, the fast moving ones that usually follow the sun around. Um, and different time of day puts things way on the other side of the chart. Oh, so, this is, this is good information because what yeah, I do is, because, is I just plug in the different, right. the different day. And then I look and see, oh, okay. Most of these planets have moved around to different spots. And so what changes with the time of day? I thought yep. it was just the rising it, sign. So then I checked to make sure that it was a different rising sign. Yeah, but if you know, so um, the rising sign changes every two hours. And so if they're born about two hours apart, it changes the dial like one click, you know, but if I could get like four or five clicks, <laughs> like, um, like, you know, one could be born in the morning, one is in the late afternoon or midnight or, you know, something like that, that just really makes it even starkly different. Um, otherwise, everything's not shifting too much. Uh, and so it doesn't matter that it's just, that it is a different sign. It's still like that. It's too close. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. if you'll notice, um, you know, we've got the details here. Yeah. Like in both these charts, we've got Mercury, Jupiter, and, uh, the sun all clustered together in Taurus in both of them. Now, if I were to change the time of day, would they uncluster? Well, they would put them, you know, one is in the 11th house, one is in the 12th. They would put them in like on the other side of the chart. And so everything would be flipped and reversed upside down. And that really does change things, you know, because like in both of these charts, because they didn't move too much, Venus ended up in the same position Mm -hmm. in both. So I knew right away that you were going to be someone who is going to give off a Venus vibe when I met you, which is very likable, charming, easy to get along with, you know? So that's what, so it would have been helpful if maybe that Venus was like way off on the other side of the chart for another unlike one. Our, unlike our other guests who, oh, they've been very difficult. <laughs> I'm very easy. <laughs> I think yes. Well, that well, too. But I'm also saying the key, uh, the key word is accommodating. accommodating. You know, what I'm saying? You know okay. and, and it doesn't. It's. I'm not saying like how she's been with me. I'm just saying she even described herself as very accommodating, and she gets along with everybody. That is like a very Venus in the first house kind of vibe. So then it's like, okay, I can't use that information in my analysis because it's in both charts. And so I have to look, all right, what, okay. And at least I've got Mars in different signs. So um, I'm hoping that 
the way that you express your anger, you kind of talked about that is going to be different um, or not just anger, but how you take action um, and things like that. So at least that changed signs. So, and the moon did change signs, even though it's still, they're both earth moons. Great. <laughs> you know? um, anyway, so just, just saying. <laughs> just saying. All right. As I, this is informative for me too, for okay, drawing good. up the dummy charts. I try to do to make it as random as possible, but still respect some of Sarah's wishes. I appreciate that. And I know that you do that. And I know that you don't know, like, it just looks different to you and that's good, you know? So. Yeah. And I think I play around with, I was playing around with different times of day and I was seeing that nothing was, well, I was like, okay, the, once the rising sign is different, we're good. We're golden. (laughs) <laughs> and that's yeah. not the case because I didn't think any other planets um, would be affected by this time of day. But anyway, moving on to our exci- right. exciting conclusion. Scott, is it Michelle Pfeiffer? Well, we need to know which chart A or chart B is Michelle Pfeiffer so that I can tell you whether or not you got it right. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cheryl, are you ready? I am ready. All right, Michelle Pfeiffer is chart A. Uh, my sound effects right now aren't working. So <laughs> we went through this whole thing before the show. I was trying to get the, you know, the horns that go like bum, 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 or the sad like womp, 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 womp. And I'll tell you what, look, we're on a budget here. <laughs> and so uh, I'm back to just doing it vocally. Do it vocally. Technical it's, it's difficulties. Great. It adds a little character to it. All right, I have to get out this instrument down here. Oh God, he's so dramatic. Um, I'm, remind me, you said chart chart A. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm as surprised as you because I was like, this is definitely Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm not Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm Cher. Yeah. So we have a lot of Cher fans that out there that would be happy. But no, we're looking at um, Cheryl has a Virgo moon. So, yeah, May 19th, 1964. Son of a biscuit eater. Uh, Virgo moon. Taurus, Mercury, Venus. Oh, you said Venus was the same, so they're both Cancer. But the rising sign was Cancer versus... Gemini, yeah. The other one was Gemini. Oh, boy, those sneaky charts. Um, Well, this was one... I, to me, sometimes it could go both ways. And there are a lot of the, a lot of them that could go both ways. But this was one where I was leaning towards one personality over the other. And the Michelle Pfeiffer one, you know, character is... Well, it says curious, talkative, intellectual, witty, appears social, but prefers solitude. I don't know if you said you prefer solitude, but I think you're okay with it. I'm um, okay with it. Well, but it, I, um, but the, oh, you're right. Never mind. Scott, you're about Scott to, you're, keep in mind. Yeah. This is, this is my interpretation. Yeah. You know, this isn't like 
um, gospel, basically. So this is what I... To me, it is. To me, this is gospel. Well, that's where you're wrong. So... (laughs) This is how much I trust my friend Sarah, is what she says about astrology as gospel. Well, the thing is, though, when I say needs a lot of alone time, it really is that's their experience. So some people might need it and some people just might get it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, sometimes I need to choose my words more carefully, but it's hard. How can I be more specific, but also be encompassing of the different ways that they could say it? So, yes, because actually I agree with you because maybe, maybe this is what I get, but would I have preferred different 25 years ago? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have a different life. Um, yeah. That was one of my questions early on. People change. I think I asked this in the John uncle John episode, which I don't know if you've listened to that Cheryl, but I love no, having I was the fam- trying not to. I love having the family members on, but you know, he's got some more years behind him than a lot of our guests. And I was saying, he, you know, people change over the years, but yeah. his birth chart is always going to be the same person. So well, there are other forms of astrology, like your progressions. And um, so for each year of life, you can look at the first uh, you know, a hundred days of a baby's life and each day of a baby's life corresponds to a year. And those are called progressions. And so Mm. I I'm not ready for that yet, but, um, I can't necessarily look at that because I'm given static charts. So I don't know, maybe if we found a way where you could actually put these in an account and, and, put them anonymously in the couch. So then I can manipulate them on astro.com. Mm-hmm. Well, um, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll talk about some, some, because this is number 15. Yeah. So we do sort of a reassessment. Maybe we'll, we might try something slightly different for the next five. Yeah. And, uh, and mix it up. Now looking at Cher's chart, there are some things that if I was making the case for Cher, yeah. uh, character, nurturing, empathetic, caretaking, family oriented, you know, I feel like some of those things, now that we know that this is Cheryl's chart, um, I mean, Cher and Cheryl, it just dawned on me. These are very similar names here, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was throwing me a little, too, because a Cancer Rising is someone who is very nurturing. Yeah. When Okay. When you were talking about having to step into the role of a mother to your brother... That was the one time that I was like, ooh, this that fits actually really well with Cher's chart because um, people who are cancer rising, sometimes their experience in childhood is taking on the role of a mother. And because the moon, which rules cancer, is placed in the house of siblings, that means that you maybe have more mother to a sibling. So... um, that was the first time I was like, oh. Um. Under possessions, I thought that was another one in Michelle Pfeiffer's category, but they were similar. Yeah, There's well, takes, 
takes pride in possessions is share, but Michelle Pfeiffer had sentimental and emotional attachment to possessions, which right, I felt like you right. were yes. talking about. That. Right, right. And and that was another place where, okay, so the second house describes your relationship to your possessions and your money. And in Michelle Pfeiffer's chart, cancer, which is sentimental, was on that second house. But somebody who has Venus and Cancer on the second, you know, Venus and Cancer rising, that's going to be a big part of their personality, too. That's why I was saying um, when it's just one click away, you know, it's it's can it's be a little, a little muddy. Um, it is, it is, this is. Like, I, I could be both of those people, right? I could be. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you described... Point. Well, I mean, both of those personalities are um, due to the fact that when you describe Michelle Pfeiffer telling me what you're reading, I mean, if you gave me a checklist and I just went through and said, yes, 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 and then jumped over, uh, no, no, you know what I mean, and then jumped yeah. over, I probably would have checked just as many yeses as noes on the other one as well. So I could see where that would be very difficult. Yeah. And, and really the way that you become a better astrologer is by when you start off, you, it's almost like you have to enter, you have to build your own data base in your mind of like how this stuff operates. So had you been a client of mine and you told me all about your life, it would put your chart into context for me. And I'd be learning about, okay, that happens when that happens there. Um, but when you're trying to work backward and take someone's yeah. story, um, especially these these charts do have a lot of similarities. It it's like okay, you know, especially for someone at my skill level, which I am an intermediate. I mean, I I do know some advanced astrology techniques, but working backward is it is this is really hard. It's um, hard. It's and the my, amount of time. You don't, I, I don't know. I bet if you went away today, I don't know for sure, but I know I would. I would go away if I was like in your position or if I was doing something and I'm like, oh, I was so close or I kind of thought, but I had this little inkling. I needed to ask this question to narrow it down further. Um, another question in regards to maybe her mom or maybe her possessions. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so walk away and then have another, like, go at it. Like, oh, I bet this would help me so much more. Okay, so when we come back on part two, you know what I mean? It's like, that's how I would, I'm not telling you, but I'm just saying I would be like, when we hang up right now, when we're done, I'd be thinking, oh, I guess I should have answered this question like that <laughs> because maybe um, because I'm just now being asked the question, it's off the cuff. I would go back and say, oh, I'd like to say yeah. this and that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I, I've learned so much from each, like invaluable stuff from each and every guest we've yes, interviewed. Um, it's just like, it's going to take me, I've like now come to terms with like, this could take me like 50 to 100 episodes to master this, but I am going to follow through with that because resilient. I am resilient. Yeah. <laughs> I am very resilient. You know, um, you're a Michelle Pfeiffer, Sarah. I am resilient. Yeah. Well, you know, 
uh, Cheryl's resilient too, because um, she has her moon conjunct Pluto, which is a planet of emotional resilience, you know, the moon is emotion. Pluto is resilience. Oh, and, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Having to, um, the moon also represents the mother and Pluto is a very intense, uh, planet to have right on conjunct your moon. Um, you know, so when I was looking at, when I was thinking about your mother, looking at these two charts, one of the moons was in the eighth house, which has some common themes to pluto <laughs> so i'm like great i've got the eighth house or moon conjunct pluto <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like that kind of thing happens a lot in this in the context of this show to me and um i yeah it's anyway <laughs> well knowing the correct chart can you give Cheryl any sort of insight as an astrologer um, of things that she would take away from a reading, um, whether it's, I don't know, introspection or words to guide her based on the share chart? Because now we know she's a share. Your well, inner I... share. How do we release your inner share and embrace it and take that into the world? I'm trying to think of a share song right now. Well, I I share a theme song. Uh, well, I know don't... one. If I could turn back time, well, <laughs> that's the one yeah. I was thinking. But I can clear the room in a matter of seconds if I started singing. And if we start playing it, we won't be able to air this without being sued. Oh, so let's yeah. all take a step away from the copyrighted music. Step back. Take a step back. Um. <laughs> You know, I I think that looking at your chart, um, you're definitely someone who um, has an influential impact on the people around you. And um, even just from hearing you talk, I can tell you have a lot of wisdom to share. And I think um, the people around you are very lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. I think that you're someone who's probably meant to be in a role where you're guiding and advising people. And um, I relate to that. And I think one thing to remember with that, though, is not everyone is ready for our wisdom and our guidance. And it's best to wait to be asked. And having wisdom, this is always our final question of the show. Can you share oh. some wisdom with our listeners? Any oh um, words that you've lived by or advice that, that you've found very helpful in life? Oh uh, every guest uh, just kind of contributes a little something. And Oh, my goodness. And, well, uh, well. Um, oh, um, Scott. Oh, no. Am I... Am I <laughs> I'm stumped. I'm stumped. I would normally have lots of words of wisdom, but I guess it would depend on my audience. And I'm not sure who my audience is. So my words of wisdom doesn't always apply to a whole group of people because everybody's an individual. Well, right? I would so say a large portion of our audience is probably astrology curious at the at the least. And so they are probably curious about the universe, how it works, and finding out more about themselves. 
Yeah. Um, so any, any advice you would give to those types of people? Yeah, maybe not be so hard on yourself, right? I don't know, <laughs> trying to figure out the universe because the universe is a, is a mighty big place. So I, I really wish I could give better words of wisdom. Uh, don't be and so I, hard I on yourself. I do individual words of wisdom, depending on if you're a 15-year-old <laughs> in my house <laughs> or, a, or a friend who needs some advice. But um, Well, I think you just... Um, you coming on and sharing about your life and is it's kind of like you were leading by example. So yes, yeah, that's very true. I think yes, that, yes, yeah. yes. Oh yeah, because you don't have to become a product of your environment. The universe is a big place, and there is room for whoever wants to take that step. If the door opens, walk into it. If it's a positive door, I mean, stay away from the negativity for sure, because it will suck you in and bring you down. But no, you don't have to become a product of your environment. You can be whatever it is you want to be. And you thought you didn't have any great words of wisdom. And here we got this gym. I love it. Wasn't it fantastic? Well, well this has you. been so nice. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yes. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. And let me close out the show here. That's it, everyone. Let us know what you thought by commenting on whatever platform you follow us on. Links to our accounts are in the show notes. If you like the show and want to support it, you can visit patreon.com slash Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss the next episode. Rate and review and tell your friends. And until next week, this case is closed.